You are listening to the Healthy Leader Podcast with Tracy Fisher, episode number 37. Welcome to the Healthy Leader Podcast, where it's all about optimizing your health, energy, and performance for your mind and your body. And now, your host, Master Coach Tracy Fisher. All right, so I want you to know that I have a huge smile on my face and in my heart because I'm really excited about this topic. It is phenomenal, and I have been wanting to do it for a long time, but I've been saving it up for this season. So when this episode gets published, we will be smack dab in the middle of the holiday season preparing for the new year. And if you happen to be listening to it a little bit later on, it's still applicable because even though you may not be talking about your resolutions or your goals for the upcoming year, if you have goals or a specific vision and how you want to level up as a leader, then listen in because this podcast is specifically about how you can manage urges and desires and basically those emotions that get in the way of us achieving our results. And before I dive in, I would love to ask you all a quick favor, which is to go give the Healthy Leader Podcast a review wherever you are listening in. It makes a huge difference. It means that more people can listen to the podcast. And of course, I really appreciate it. So that would be a great gift if you have just a quick moment to do that. And then my second request is for you right now to get in your mind some action that you have been wanting to take that you have difficulty following through on. Because what we do once we have a resolution or a vision is we create a plan, right? We say, okay, listen, I'm not going to hit snooze in the morning. I am not going to overeat or overdrink or check email when I'm with the family or get hooked by that particular colleague or customer. And we mean it. We're like, this is what I'm going to do. And then after the shininess of the new commitment wears off, or we're not seeing results as quickly as we want to, or time has passed, or we're feeling tired, then we start saying things like, all right, this one time, it's not going to hurt. One drink is not going to hurt. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life resisting having a piece of birthday cake. Or I've been doing this for two weeks now, and I haven't seen the scale go down. And those kind of snowball into, okay, listen, this is hard. (laughs) This is not worth it. I cannot do this. And then we're back where we started. And that's why we hear about resolutions that don't work or why we find ourselves cycling around in bad habits that we know are not good for us. And so today I want to talk about why that happens. And it's not because you don't have enough willpower or that there's something wrong with you or that you don't have enough time or the mental capacity to deal with it. It's because most of us have not learned how to effectively manage our urges. And just understanding this is a game changer for many of my clients. It was a game changer for me. So what I want to do today is to talk about what is an urge and how they really work. I think most of us don't understand that. And then I'm going to touch on how most of us deal with our urges and why that doesn't work in the long run. And then I'm going to give you the number one way to truly manage your urges. And then you can replay this as often as you need to and use this as a resource for any upcoming temptations around the holidays or any time that you want to create a new habit that is geared specifically towards a result or towards your vision. 
Okay, so to start off with, to understand urges, you need to know the TEA cycle, the Tango Echo Alpha cycle that I talk quite a bit about. And the idea behind the TAA cycle is that we need to understand that our thoughts inside of our own head, not the external circumstances, are what create our emotions and that our emotions are what fuel our actions. And that's what TEA stands for. It stands for thoughts, create emotions, create actions. And those are your self-leadership tools. Now, an urge, which is a strong desire that you feel in your body, if you've ever tried to change a bad habit, you know what that feels like. And I want you to know that that feeling comes from one of two places. It either comes from a physical need or from your mind. And the physical need is like your need to eat or drink or sleep, like your body physically needs that to survive. And when someone's addicted to a substance of some sort, like cigarettes or alcohol or drugs or sugar, their body needs that substance to function or it thinks that it does. And when you stop imbibing in that substance or reduce your intake, you experience physical withdrawal. It's you have nausea, headache, your heart might be pounding. And there's also the feeling of anxiety or irritability or restlessness. And it's a full body experience. And to work through those physical addictions, we need the expertise of doctors and psychologists and medical experts. But even if you don't have a physical addiction to something, an urge, that need can feel really, really strong. And learning how to work with those urges is what we're talking about here today. And you can not only manage your urges, but you can stop them. And this is a really important thing to know. And it's something I've been talking about with several people recently that I am working with. And I hear things like, okay, will I ever be able to have chocolate or a dessert again? Or will I ever get rid of this anxiety around speaking? Or will it always be this hard? And they're tired of thinking about the behavior and having to organize their lives around the behavior and they want relief from it. And so the key to long-term transformational relief is an understanding that our urges have that physical component to them and that they are emotions that are triggered by our thoughts, by a memory or an image or something that pulls us automatically towards this emotion. And we may or may not be conscious of those thoughts. But if you're constantly cycling in behaviors that have you stuck at a certain level of health or weight or behaving in a certain way that doesn't support your marriage or your relationships or your leadership, and you want to change it, then what's happening is that you're not managing your urges properly. And here's a really interesting thing about this. The problem for addicts even, isn't stopping the behavior. The problem, the real challenge comes afterwards. It comes when there's withdrawal, when they don't take the drug or when they don't take the alcohol. And we can understand that fairly easily. The same is true for urges around habits that don't serve you. You may not be addicted to them, but stopping your behavior isn't the difficult part. Once you get conscious of the time and the place and the circumstances around the behavior, once you're conscious of the behavior, stopping the behavior isn't the hard part. It's the feeling that's left over when we don't indulge in that urge. And so we have to understand that urge cycle to change it. So if you think about the TEA 
T cycle where a thought causes the emotion of an urge. So you have the thought, I want to drink. I want to just have one taste of that. I want to see if someone commented on my social media. I want to see if so-and-so emailed me back yet. All of those thoughts cause the urge to pick up the bottle to pick up the plate of dessert, to pick up the phone, to look at your email, whatever that action is. And not following through on those actions is, again, not the hard part. Not eating the dessert or putting the glass away or not looking at the phone is easy. You can do that, right? It's not hard to not put something in your mouth or to not look at an email. What's hard is dealing with the energy, the urge that is sitting there when you don't comply. And when you don't comply what happens? (laughs) The urge gets louder. It starts demanding that you follow through. And it's really, really persuasive and it's powerful. And as I was putting this together, I was thinking about a video that I use in my talks to demonstrate this point. And it's a video of a little kid and his dad in the grocery store. And the little kid asks for something like something on one of the shelves. And the dad says, no, you can't have that. And the kid, (laughs) he throws a fit. I mean, a royal fit because he's not getting what he wants. I mean, he starts banging the cart up against the aisle. People are looking. He throws himself down on the floor. He's flailing and he's screaming, I want it. Now, the funny thing about this is it's actually a German commercial for condoms which I think is kind of funny, but the kid is doing it up royally. And it reminds me of urges and urges can feel like that. It feels like a major temper tantrum in your head and it can get really, really uncomfortable. And that's okay. Just like with parenting, just because the kid is freaking out, that doesn't mean you have to give in. You don't have to give the kid the candy. And it doesn't mean that you need to comply with your urge. It just means that it's happening, that it is there, and that you are noticing this. So we want to understand where urges come from, that they're going to happen and that you don't have to comply with an urge. Now, I want to share this acronym that I made up, (laughs) and I like to use it with myself and also with my clients. And the acronym is YANBOM, as in Y-A-N-B-O-M. And that stands for, you are not the boss of me. And that is a phrase that I used to say very often (laughs) as a child. In fact, I used to yell that at the top of my lungs. You are not the boss of me. So can't you tell it's like (laughs) a real joy as a child? And often when (laughs) we set up action plans for ourselves and we get to that moment where we're experiencing an urge and we're trying to decide if we're going to follow through on the urge or if we're going to stick it out, we fall prey to that rebelling. And here's the thing. We often rebel and say, you are not the boss of me to the wrong thing. We say erroneously to the plan, you're not the boss of me. I can drink whatever I want right now. I deserve this treat. This is a special occasion. I work really hard and you are not the boss of me. I'm going to do what I want to do right now. That's your limbic brain talking. That is desire from your brain saying, just do it. Give me the dopamine hit right now. But what I would like for you to do instead is to say to the urge from your prefrontal cortex, you, old mental habit, old way of thinking, you are not the boss of me. You little kid who's flailing around having a temper tantrum in the grocery store, you are not the boss of me. 
I am the boss of me. I can do hard things. And that includes not complying with the urge just because it's there. So you let that urge know you are not the boss of me. Now, most people have not sat face to face with an urge long enough to stare it down and say, you're not the boss of me. Most of us don't know how to do that. And so we resist. We feel the urge coming on and we're like, okay, I'm not giving in. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving in. And so now we have the original urge or desire. And then on top of that, we have created a resistance against it. Now that is a lot of energy inside of you. And when we're resisting the urge, it kind of feels like we're going against ourselves. And that doesn't work for very long either. But what happens when you resist and you give in is that you perpetuate the power of that urge. The more that you reward an urge, the more that you comply with it, the stronger it gets. It's like that kid in the grocery store. You've resisted his temper tantrum for a while. And then you're like, oh shoot, I really can't handle this anymore. I'm just going to go ahead and give him what he wants. He has just learned, oh, (laughs) this is how hard I have to flail to get my dad to comply. The more I scream, the louder I scream, the more I shove the basket up against this lady here and be loud and obnoxious, the more I do that, the more I will get my way. And your brain is wired the exact same way. It's like, oh, all I have to do to get them to comply is to be really loud and obnoxious, right? Then I'm going to get my dopamine hit. I'm going to get what I want. And uh, that's how it works now. And if you feel like that, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that you've wired your brain to expect that. The more we reward the urge, the more intense it gets, right? So we want to drink, and then we drink, and then we want the drink even more, and then we drink more, and then we want the drink, and then we want it more. It's the same with smoking or with eating or with procrastinating or with showing up late or fill in whatever your thing is that you are cycling around. And so it started off as just a simple thought becomes this perpetual thought urge reward cycle. And the interesting thing is that the original thought that was probably conscious then becomes unconscious. And now you have this unconscious thought, urge, reward cycle and aren't even aware of it. I was just talking to somebody about this in terms of drinking with their buddies. They were telling me that whenever they go out, they always drink and they don't just drink, they over drink. It's just what they do. And this particular person was saying, you know, I hadn't even really thought about it. It was just a given. That's what we do. If I'm going out with my buddies, then I'm going to over drink. And so I was beginning to avoid going out with them because I hadn't even thought that there is a different way to do it. And so we end up having this unconscious urge that's really, really intense that we have no idea how to control. And then when we try to resist it, we often find that that urge is irresistible, that we literally cannot resist it. And so when we can't resist something anymore, what do we do? Well, we stop resisting. And here's the drum roll moment. That's exactly what I want you to do to stop resisting. Now, (laughs) there's a caveat to this because often when we say, I couldn't resist, what we make that mean is that we physically couldn't resist. So we gave in and we took the action. We ate the ice cream, we drank, or we sent that scathing email or whatever it is. But here's the difference. And it's very subtle. And I want you to hear it. What you're really doing in that situation is 
stopping the negative energy, the emotion, the feeling of restlessness or anxiety, that intense urge that you feel in your body by complying with it, by making it the boss of your actions. When you behave and listen to the urge, you give that urge the power. You're saying, yeah, you are the boss of me. And there's no more resistance required because it's not banging at your mental door anymore. Until next time. That's not how I want you to stop resisting. I want for you to stop resisting the urge mentally without complying with it. I want for you to start managing your urges and to change them forever by not resisting them, but by allowing them, letting it have its temper tantrum, allowing the kid in you to freak out and throw a tantrum and yell And for you not to react, for you not to give in to the temper tantrum, you're not resisting it, but just letting it be what it is, noticing it, witnessing it and seeing it for what it is. And just like with the toddler in the store, it will eventually extinguish itself. It will look up. Look around and be like, oh, wait, throwing a fit is not working. There's no reward for creating this urgent need through this temper tantrum. And when you have an urge and you don't comply with it, but allow it to be there, it just dissipates. Now, I will tell you that allowing an urge to be there is not a pleasant experience, right? It's as unpleasant as the kid in the grocery store. It's not pleasant for anyone. But eventually the kid will stop screaming and run out of energy and the urge goes away. And if you do it enough times, you will completely extinguish the urge. I promise you, I have watched it happen hundreds, if not thousands of times. We talk about Pavlov's experiment when we're coaching and in the inner circle. And this concept is based on that same premise. The dogs were taught that when a bell rang, that then they would get something to eat. So of course, when they would hear the bell, it would produce the urge to eat. And we know that because the dogs would drool, which is the physical response that they are having, much like when we have an intense craving for something. And the way that Pavlov got them to stop having the urge to stop the drooling was not to stop ringing the bell. He kept ringing the bell. What he stopped doing was feeding the urge when the bell rang. And it's the same for us. Getting to the root of poor habits isn't just about controlling your behavior or your willpower. It is about learning how to have an urge and allow it to be with it, to not resist it mentally, and still take your right action. When you do that, you are literally rewiring your brain every single time. You are consciously using behavior change to rewire your brain and to say, wait a second, my prefrontal cortex is the boss here. I am the boss, not the limbic brain, not this annoying toddler in the back. And when you learn to do that, that is the difference between just breaking your bad habits and transforming your mind for self-leadership. 
So this is a lot of great information and I highly encourage you to use this podcast as a resource and listen to it over and over and over again and become familiar with your own thought, emotion, action cycle and to remember that an urge is simply a desire that is caused by a thought in your mind. Never reward an urge. You can plan for a treat. You can decide 24 hours ahead of time that you are going to do something, but you do not give into it in the moment. So for example, you can decide that you're going to have a slice of cake at the birthday party on Friday, or that you are going to have a glass of champagne on New Year's, or even five glasses of champagne, but decide ahead of time. Use your prefrontal cortex and be the boss of you. Then when it comes time to have that treat, you're not eating or drinking or whatever because of the temper tantrum and that urge, but it's because you have planned ahead and now you truly are the boss of you. When you do this, you maintain authority over your urges instead of the other way around. So as I said, this is a lot of information and oftentimes people just need to hear this and understand it and run with it. Other times it takes a little bit more practice. So if you would like support with your urges and following through, I highly encourage you to reach out and to see what kind of programs that we have that might match where you are right now. It could be one-on-one, it could be joining the Healthy Leader Inner Circle or an immersion program when they come up. But no matter what you decide to do, Know that you are the boss of you, that you have the ability to manage your urges, become aware of your thought, emotion, action cycle, and begin to practice it and to become present with it. And know that I am with you and I am practicing right alongside you. So let's together go forth, manage our urges and create a life of freedom and healthy living and being the best version of ourselves. Hey there, if you are ready to take your well-beingness to the next level, come visit thewellness.coach where I've got lots of free resources. And make sure that you type in thewellness.coach, not .com, and I will see you there.